DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. Hi, my name is Julie Rotella. I'm the Assistant Commission of Administration for the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. I'm here today to talk about what factors contribute to child abuse and neglect in recognition of Child Abuse Prevention Month. The information I'll be discussing can be found in a coordinated response to child abuse and neglect, the foundation for practice, written and distributed by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So let's get started. What factors do contribute to child abuse and neglect? Risk factors associated with child maltreatment can be grouped in four domains, parent or caregiver factors, family factors, child factors, and environmental factors. When looking at parent or caregiver factors, personality characteristics and psychological well-being, history of maltreatment, substance abuse, attitudes and knowledge, and age are all taken into account. Starting with personality and characteristics and psychological well-being, it is important to remember that there is no consistent set of characteristics or personality traits that are associated with maltreating parents or caregivers. Instead, what we're really looking at are individuals who may have low self-esteem, an external locus of control, meaning that they believe that events are determined by chance or outside forces beyond one's personal control, poor impulse control, depression, anxiety, and antisocial behaviors. You will also encounter parents that experience extreme behavioral and emotional difficulties. Parental histories in the cycle of abuse. A parent's childhood history plays a large part in how he or she may behave as a parent. Individuals with poor parental role models or those who do not have their own needs met may find it very difficult to meet the needs of their children. Child maltreatment literature commonly supports the finding that some maltreating parents or caregivers were victims of abuse and neglect themselves. Children who either experience maltreatment or witness violence between their parents or caregivers may learn violent behavior and may also learn to justify violent behavior as appropriate. An incorrect conclusion from this finding would be that a maltreated child will always grow up to become a maltreating parent. We know that that is not true. In fact, two-thirds of all individuals who were abused or neglected as children do not subject their children to abuse or neglect. We also know that when individuals are able to surround themselves with emotionally supportive relationships or a network of support, it may actually help lessen the risk of intergenerational cycle of abuse. Substance abuse. Parental substance abuse is reported to be a contributing factor for between one and two thirds of maltreated children in the child welfare system. Substance abuse can interfere with the parent's mental functioning, judgment, inhibitions, and protective capacity. Parents significantly affected by the use of drugs and alcohol may neglect the needs of their children, spend money on drugs instead of household expenses, or get involved in criminal activities that jeopardize their children's health or safety. 
attitudes and knowledge, negative attitudes and attributions about a child's behavior and inaccurate knowledge about child development may play a contributing role in child maltreatment. For example, some studies have found that mothers who physically abuse their children have both more negative and higher than normal expectations of their children, as well as less understanding of appropriate developmental norms. A parent's lack of knowledge about normal child development may result in unrealistic expectations. Unmet expectations can culminate in inappropriate punishment. For example, a parent hitting a one-year-old for soiling his pants. Other parents may become frustrated with not knowing how to manage a child's behavior and may lash out at the child. Still others may have attitudes that devalue children or view them as property. Age. Caretaker age may be a risk factor for some forms of maltreatment, although research findings are inconsistent. Some studies of physical abuse in particular have found that mothers who are younger at the birth of their child exhibited higher rates of child abuse than did older mothers. Other contributing factors, such as lower economic status, lack of social support, and high stress levels, may influence the link between younger childbirth, particularly teenage parenthood and child abuse. Family factors. Specific life situations of some families, such as marital conflict, domestic violence, single parenthood, unemployment, financial stress, and social isolation may increase the likelihood of maltreatment. While these factors by themselves may not cause maltreatment, they frequently contribute to negative patterns of family functioning. Family structure. Children living with single parents may be at higher risk of experiencing physical and sexual abuse and neglect than children living with two biological parents. Single parent households are substantially more likely to have incomes below the poverty line. Lower income, the increased stress associated with the sole burden of family responsibilities and fewer supports are thought to contribute to the risk of single parents maltreating their children. One note, though, is a strong positive relationship between the child and the father, whether he resides in the home or not, contributes to the child's development and may lessen the risk of abuse. Another contributing factor is seen in homes where there tend to be more children or greater numbers of people living in the household. Chronically neglecting families often are characterized by a chaotic household with changing constellations of adult and child figures. Marital conflict and domestic violence. According to published studies, in 30 to 60% of families where spouse abuse takes place, child maltreatment also occurs. Children in violent homes may witness parental violence, may be victims of physical abuse themselves, and may be neglected by parents who are focused on their partners or unresponsive to their children due to their own fears. A child who witnesses parental violence is at risk for also being maltreated, but even if the child is not maltreated, he or she may experience harmful emotional consequences from witnessing the parental violence. Stress is also thought to play a significant role in family functioning, although its exact relationship with maltreatment is not fully understood. Physical abuse has been associated with stressful life events, parenting stress, and emotional distress in various studies. 
Similarly, some studies have found that neglectful families report more day-to-day stress than non-neglectful families. Parent-child interaction. Families involved in child maltreatment seldom recognize or reward their child's positive behaviors while having strong responses to their child's negative behaviors. Maltreating parents have been found to be less supportive, affectionate, playful, and responsive with their children than parents who do not abuse their children. Research on maltreating parents, particularly physically abusive mothers, found that these parents were more likely to use harsh discipline strategies such as hitting, prolonged isolation, and verbal aggression, and less likely to use positive parenting strategies, such as using timeouts, reasoning, and recognizing and encouraging the child's successes. Child factors. Want to make it perfectly clear that children are not responsible for being victims of maltreatment. Certain factors, however, can make some children more vulnerable to maltreating behavior. The child's age and development, physical, mental, emotional, and social may increase the child's vulnerability to maltreatment, depending on the interactions of these characteristics with the parental factors previously discussed. In looking at age, we know that infants and young children, due to their small physical size, early developmental status, and need for constant care, can be particularly vulnerable to child maltreatment. Very young children are more likely to experience certain forms of maltreatment such as shaken baby syndrome and non-organic failure to thrive. Disabilities. Children with physical, cognitive, and emotional disabilities appear to experience higher rates of maltreatment than do other children. In general, children who are perceived by their parents as different or who have special needs, including children with disabilities, as well as children with chronic illnesses or children with difficult temperaments may be at greater risk of maltreatment. The demands of caring for these children may overwhelm their parents. Important to reiterate that most parents who have young children or children with special needs are not abusive. In fact, they are very loving and caring parents. Instead, we are pointing out factors that may contribute to child abuse. Environmental factors. Environmental factors include poverty, unemployment, social isolation, and community characteristics such as the violent community. Most parents or caregivers who live in these types of environments are not abusive. However, we do know that certain stressful factors that are associated with these environments can lead to a predisposition to child abuse. Note about social isolation. Parents who maltreat their children report experiencing greater isolation, more loneliness, and less social support. Just as there are factors that place families at risk for maltreating their children, there are also other factors that may protect them from these vulnerabilities, factors that actually promote resilience. Here are some strategies to think about. One, build a strong network of family and friends to support and encourage you through good times and bad. Two, attend parenting classes and practice positive parenting techniques. Three, learn age-appropriate child development skills and milestones so you understand what is expected of your child. Four, attend a support group if needed. Five, 
Locate and access community resources to help you and your family. Six, engage in positive and age-appropriate play between you and your child. There are times when we all get stressed out, frustrated, and overwhelmed. Here are some things to think about. Self-regulation. Take a time out. Be sure that your child is in a safe place where they can be left alone, even if it's just for one minute, so that you can get yourself calm, under control, and feel better able to handle whatever the situation may be. Other ways to self-regulate include engaging in some deep breathing, slowly breathing in, and then really taking time to a nice long exhale out. Listening to some relaxing music. The important thing to remember is never discipline when you're angry or feeling out of control. Relational skills are something else to keep in mind. How do I set boundaries for myself? How do I say no so that I'm not taking on more than I can handle or that's going to compound or add to the stress that I'm already feeling? And really engaging in honest, open communication so that I'm expressing my thoughts and feelings while listening to others' thoughts and feelings as well. Problem solving. Taking the time to really develop those skills that involve planning, preparation, and focusing on solutions. When we focus on solutions, we're gonna find a way to address whatever problems we may be dealing with. Get involved in an activity you enjoy. Find time for yourself. It's important to focus on yourself so that you can refuel and feel refreshed. A lot of times we may think it's a selfish thing to do and that we have to always be taking care of others. That's when the stress and the frustration begins to build. So really find that time and take time for yourself. Prevent Child Abuse America offers these tips for stopping child abuse. Try to understand your children, learn how kids behave and what they can do at different ages, have realistic expectations and be reasonable if children fall short. Keep your children healthy. Denying children food, sleep or health care is abuse by neglect. Get help with alcohol or drug problems. Keep children away from anyone who abuses those substances. Watch your words. Angry or punishing language can leave emotional scars for a lifetime. Get control of yourself before disciplining a child. Set clear rules so the child knows what to expect. Avoid physical punishment. As mentioned before, take a time out. Stop if you begin to act out frustration or other emotions physically. Find someone to talk with or watch your kids while you take a walk. Call a child abuse prevention hotline if you're worried you may hit your child. Make your home a violence-free zone. Turn off violent TV shows and don't let kids stay under the same roof with an abusive adult. Join a support group for new parents. Take regular breaks from your children. This will give you a release from the stress of parenting full-time. Remember that child abuse often repeats itself into the next generation. Thank you for listening. Together we can make a difference. We can keep our children safe, healthy, and strong.